0: Welcome to Author Express, where we discover the voice behind the pages of your favorite book. I'm your host, Shauna Rodriguez, and I'm so glad to be here with you today. Lainey Cameron is a digital nomad, an author and host of the Best of Women's Fiction podcast. A recovering tech industry executive, her 14-time award-winning novel, The Exit Strategy, has been called a rallying call for women to believe in themselves and join together. Thank you so much for being here, Lainey. Oh, it's so exciting to chat with you. Yes, I'm glad it worked out. So tell me the most interesting thing about where you are from. Well, actually, I'm at a conference
1: right now and my badge says it depends on the day. Ah, I like that. I like that. So I'm originally from Scotland, but after 20 years in the Bay Area, for the last seven years, my hubby and I have been nomadic, meaning we pick places for six months at a time to live and work. And so right now we're in Puerto Escondido in Mexico, in Oaxaca on the coast. Before that, we were in San Miguel de Allende. We've spent time in Europe. We've spent time in Cartagena, Colombia. We're always looking for suggestions. Sometimes (laughs) readers give me ideas of where we should go next. which is wonderful. Uh So basically we just move around and get to experience different cultures and make friends all around the world. And it's a pretty neat lifestyle.
0: That's wonderful. So you're from everywhere essentially. (laughs) Yeah, so you can tell us all about those things. You'd be here for two hours. Exactly. Or we could two talk about it for
1: two like days. <laughs> but if anyone has any questions for me about what it's like to live as a digital nomad, hit me up. Just send me a message afterwards. I'm always happy to answer questions.
0: That's wonderful. I bet a lot of expertise there. So what is the best piece of advice that anyone has ever given to you?
1: Oof. I'm working a lot on self-compassion and being happy with where I am in my mm-hmm. journey, in my life. I think I grew up in a, an environment where I learned to be very harsh on myself and very self-critical. Mm-hmm. And I think when people have given me advice around acceptance mm-hmm. and like... Treat yourself like you would treat your best friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for at least for me, the voices in my head don't tend to be something I would ever say to another person. <laughs> so I would never say to you, Shauna, like, you should work more. And I can't believe I yes. didn't write more words today. And, you know, you should mm-hmm. exercise more. And gosh, you're lazy. Yes. You would never say that to your best friend. Yes. And yet we have these conversations in our heads sometimes. But it's not unrelated that my one of my main characters in my novel has imposter syndrome. Uh And this is all around how those voices in our heads sometimes don't help us. And so I think a lot of the best advice people have given me is about how to be more in acceptance mode and how to work on my own thoughts in a way that makes me more graceful and moving through life.
0: I love it. That is wonderful. So speaking about exit strategy, can you tell me about like, what was that part of the book that was hardest for you to write? It's so,
1: gosh, that's such a great question because it took me five years to write the book. And I think... The hardest pieces changed as I went through it because mm-hmm. I was learning the process of of writing a book and being an author at the same mm-hmm. time that I was writing the book. So you go through such a steep learning curve, learning how to keep readers really gripped and how to make them turn pages, learning how to write characters that they're really engaged with. Yeah. Um, at one point, I'll give you two examples. I think at one point on the characters, one of the things that was hard for me was because I came from a background of being in Silicon Valley and being a female executive there some things to me were perfectly obvious and I didn't explain them in the book and I didn't mm-hmm. feel a need to explain them. And I almost felt like I'd be insulting my reader if I explained them. So I'll give you yeah. one example is on character. My main character Rin is a venture capitalist and she's about to close this huge deal. Her whole career is based, basically going to take off based on this deal. Mm-hmm. So it's something she's been working for, toward for a decade. And she faces her husband's mistress across the negotiating table, learns about it five minutes before she walks into the meeting. Oh, wow. And a lot of readers of my early copy said, how did she not break down into tears in that meeting? And ah. as a woman who's been an executive in Silicon Valley, yeah. I have cried in restrooms, I have cried in the car, but I would never never a in a meeting, surrounded by other people where people would see it. Yes. But if you haven't lived in that environment, which is incredibly sexist and harsh, if you've had a different career experience, that was not obvious at all to people reading this first version. And so they were concluding that she was this really hard person Mm -hmm. with no emotions because she didn't break down in tears. And so I actually had to go back and put a piece into the book where I talked about what it's like to live in that environment where you're constantly being judged as a woman, where you're constantly being viewed as like, oh, she's weaker and not as good. And she's not as successful or she got given the token woman's job in the company. And she doesn't really deserve the job she's in. And so you're dealing with all these messages that are around that are real things that people are thinking. Yes. And so you learn to modify your behavior in that environment. And one thing you could never do is cry. Another is get angry. Like when yeah. a woman gets angry in a meeting, it's very oh, much it's taken.
0: Very differently. Very differently. That, differently. Right? Yes, exactly. And so
1: these are things that I had to go back and learn how to write into the book. They weren't mm-hmm. obvious for me. And then the other thing that was really interesting is The pieces that I found the hardest, I actually worked with a developmental editor and she pointed out to me that what I had done is skipped the pieces that I thought would be boring. And so Ah. ultimately my book is about the two women working through it and learning to work together. And it's it's really a girl power grown up. It's a female friendship book at the end of the day. Uh But I kind of skipped over the whole them becoming friends part of it because I just felt like. Even though I love becoming friends with someone in real life, it felt like chapter upon (laughs) chapter of someone becoming friends with somebody else seemed like it would be really boring Uh. to me. And my developmental editor was like, no you're you're like skipping over all the good juicy stuff that the reader wants to experience. And so I went back and wrote like five chapters that weren't there. It wasn't that it wasn't good stuff, it was just that I didn't think it would interest the reader. Yeah. And the really interesting thing is Probably the top thing that people say about this book, other than the fact that they can really relate to the characters and they loved the idea that it's be- based in this like sexist environment, yes. is they loved watching the two women become friends. Like that oh, it's yeah. a page turner, and that they yeah. could put it down. Which is so funny because I was so afraid, and I worked so hard because I thought it would be boring and no one would want to keep reading. <laughs> and now the number one thing people say about the book is that it's a page turner. So it's like, yes. Every time I see that in a review, I, I do a little fist bump. Like,
0: yes. yes, yes. Not only did you do the parts you were sure would be made them that engaged and made them really enjoy it, and but it was work, pages. and it
1: was not obvious to me, and that was something I had to learn how to do.
0: Yeah. Yes, that's great. So where do you see yourself in ten years in your writing career?
1: Oh, you know. I do a couple of things in the writing, more than two things in the writing world. So I write books and this book has done great. I'm very happy with how it's done. It's Mm -hmm. won 14 awards, which for a debut novel, is
0: phenomenal. I'm very happy
1: with. And it also became like number one in feminist books for a while on Amazon, which was a lot of fun. So like, I'm really happy with how it's gone. I'm with a small publisher. So my book is not a book you're going to see like on the front table of Barnes and Noble right now. Mm -hmm. It's just not the track I chose for the book. For those who don't know about the industry, there are bigger publishers and they tend to get those kind of opportunities like the front tables at the bookstore.
0: Because they pay for those. Exactly.
1: They pay for those. (laughs) So if you're with a small publisher who doesn't have access to bookstores, who doesn't take returns, a few other things, you're not going to see your book in broad bookstore distribution. So you know, 10 years from now, for my own books, I'd love to see the book a bit more broad, not that book, my next few books, more broadly distributed. I'd like to see it in bookstores. I'd like to do more bookstore events where I can meet more readers. My book has primarily been sold online. It's done great for a book that's sold online, yeah. but it's a little bit less distributed than let's say a book that you might see come out of HarperCollins or somewhere. Not to say that I necessarily want to be with a big publisher. I might even indie distribute my next book. I'm not sure, I haven't decided. But uh, more broad, more broad distribution. And then I do a lot of things to uplift other authors and I mm. get huge personal power and I love doing this. I just really enjoy helping make uh, make authors and books that, my following may not be aware of introduce them introduce yeah,
0: them to, make to other authors and books yeah. and so
1: to do that i have a podcast it's called the best of women's fiction you re- yes. referenced it at the beginning and i pick authors i admire and books i have really enjoyed and i bring them forward and i showcase them and the podcast is doing great it's really fun i encourage folks to check it out if they haven't yes. checked out the best of women's fiction so i think that'll keep growing as well and i can see that i'll be maybe broadening the ways in which I help other authors. I'm asked all the time to help authors with marketing things Mm -hmm. and I'll do a lot of different consults over the course of a few Uh months. It would be nice to package that in a way that I could help more authors with it. So I don't know if it's a class or a coaching program or a mastermind, but at the back of my mind is that I think there's something I could do to help other authors with how to build a platform, how to get out to readers. I think that would be a lot of fun and I'm going to keep traveling. I really love experiencing new cultures. I, I don't see us, you can never say never because personal circumstances can change. You know, my mom's in California. She might need us at some point, but ideally we would keep traveling and experiencing new locations. And I, I really enjoy that. We me and my hubby.
0: Yes. No, it sounds like that. And this idea of finding ways to kind of do more with the marketing. I know a lot of people that are listening, if they are authors are like, Ooh, yes, that's what I need help with because their skills for creativity and writing and the skills for marketing is usually something that is something authors need, even if they are with a big publishing house and yet something that they aren't taught and doesn't come easily. They need supports around that.
1: Exactly. And it's overwhelming the number of different things authors are told they should do to market their books. Oh, Mm -hmm. you should do this. You should Mm -hmm. be on TikTok. You should be on social media. You should go do these events. You should do this. You should do that. And it's really strange because. I come from a world of marketing for tech companies. That's yes. what I used to do. And it's fine to experiment. And especially when you have a new product, and you don't know where it fits in the world and who's really going to benefit from it. It's very normal to set up a marketing approach where you experiment and you do five different things, maybe five different target markets, and you find out which works and then you double down on that. Yes. And in book marketing, we don't really know the formula for what mm-hmm. works. And so rather than see it as an experiment, we just tell people to do everything. Wow, go do a hundred things, and we don't even think like most of those hundred things won't work. So why are we telling people to go do all of this stuff that mostly doesn't work anyway? And so it yes. frustrates me because every minute that an author takes to go do something that probably won't work anyway is a minute they could have spent writing and putting more books into the world.
0: Yes, and taking away from their creativity exactly. And that's one of the challenges too for people listening that aren't authors. Is it when you do work with a publisher, you don't have access to the data in a real-time way when things are happening and what the results are to be able to look at the data and see, oh, this was beneficial. This wasn't.
1: With MySpace, which is the women's fiction genre, Mm -hmm. they are not that good at picking which books are going to do well.
0: They're Mm -hmm. actually not that
1: good at like, when you look at the big breakout books, they're actually not books that look exactly like something that came before. And so publishers aren't necessarily generalizing here that good at picking the right books that readers are going to love. But also, they're not that good at being really in-depth and knowing what readers like which books. And there are some exceptions, like Lake Union, Amazon Publishing, has very good analytics. Yes. Some of the other big publishers, and the reason I feel very confident in saying this is my debut novel, The Exit Strategy, came out the pandemic year of 2020. Mm -hmm. And I was part of a debut class with a lot of other authors who were with different types of publishers. And what I saw was that the big publisher authors Suddenly, the publishers, when the bookstores weren't open and the bookstores weren't the ones pushing the books, did not have a clue how to market their own books. Yeah, they didn't they know what to do. They literally threw their hands in the air and said, well, we don't know how to get to the consumers and tell them about these books if we can't just push it through the bookstores. And so it was very interesting to me. It, it, it was kind of an alarm bell in my head that said, I think we give the big publishers a lot more credit for marketing capabilities than they actually have.
0: Yeah. And so it does make a difference to have to go, okay, let's go back to the grassroots (laughs) in some other ways. Whereas like like Union and Amazon, they've always done things online and they've always been connected to that kind of heartbeat and those analytics that are more immediate to be able to see where things are happening. I would
1: guess that they have profiles of different types of readers. And by different types of readers, I do not mean this person likes mystery books. Okay. I Mm -hmm. mean, this person likes mystery books with dogs in them that are fast paced as opposed to mystery books that are cozy mysteries that maybe move a little slower and don't have a dog in it. Like I think- They have a they cat. Have a, <laughs> they have a cat, I don't know. Or, you know, they're, they're domestic suspense, but they're domestic suspense with a hard edge versus with a soft edge, mm-hmm. right? Not just category labels of specialized yeah. romance. You know, think yes. about how broad the romance world is, right? How many thousands of types of books. I suspect that the Amazon imprints have very good customer profiles, just on the way you see them behaving. They must be using pretty good data profiles of their, of yeah, their potential readers.
0: Yes. No, that makes a lot of sense. So as we talk about where is the best place for people to find you?
1: I think the simplest is my website and you can get to everything else from there. So I'm Lainey Cameron, L-A-I-N-E-Y Cameron at com. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to give you my email address, which you're welcome to. LennyKaren.com. <laughs> and um, in terms of where I hang out, I spend the most time on Instagram. is really where you're more likely to find me on a daily basis. And you can find that on my website.
0: Wonderful. You can get your podcast from your website as well. You can get the well.
1: podcast from the website. And I am piddling around on TikTok. I won't say I'm very good at it yet, but I have some fun over there every so often.
0: Oh, nice. That's wonderful. So we'll have all those links in the show notes so that people can be able to find you and get to, to figure out where you're at. So what book or story inspires you the most?
1: I love books that like pull the emotion in me, that that really get me experiencing living inside a character, that get me feeling the emotions that the character went through. So I'm gonna think of two authors here that I particularly like in the women's fiction space. I'm a big fan of Camille Pagan, and Camille's books, in particular, Life and Other Near-Death Experiences, is probably one of the books that drew me into writing in the women's fiction genre. One of those books that I read and I was like, oh, if I could write something like that someday. And Carrie Lensdale was very similar for me in that these are both authors who've become very big bestsellers, both in the women's fiction space. Carrie writes women's fiction, but with more of a Suspensey element through the plot. It's not suspense books, but there's normally a mystery of what's happening. And as a reader, you're learning the mystery and finding out what happened to the character uh-huh. as you go through the book. And she's done a number of series now. Um, I think one of my favorites of hers is actually a standalone, it's called Side Trip. And I thought it was just really clever the plot was really clever and it has a twist toward the ending that left me just breathtaking, like, whoa.
0: Oh, nice. Well, good. That's very nice. We have some good things to check out as well. So thank you so much. And everyone go check out Lainey and her podcast too. If you listen to podcasts, you're here. So that's a good fit. Yes. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Authors Express Podcast so you can be up to date with what's coming out next. Don't forget, keep it express, but keep it interesting.